Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ready or Not, and today we are looking at what can be the chaos of Christmas. Ready or not, let's get into it. All right, guys, I feel like we should have a jingle bells going in the background or something. <laughs> uh, maybe Oh Holy Night would be more appropriate, I don't know. Uh, but in the studio with Daniel Messenger, Pastor Daniel, um, you guys will get more and more familiar with him in coming episodes, but glad you are here. Thank you, David. And uh, man, Christmas is happening. Uh, the stores said it was happening like months ago, practically. Yeah, and it's like we're celebrating three holidays at once. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas there all smashed together. That, yep, no doubt. Um, so I think today we're just going to have a lively, fun time talking through uh, the holidays slash Christmas it is the most wonderful time of year, and yes, for some people, volatile and demanding. Um, for most of us, probably all of that. It's exciting yeah. and hard at the same time. So, um, but for you guys, have you just found something sweet about Christmas in general? I know you're married, you got kids. Um, yeah, we we love Christmas, and there's so many sweet memories, and we're really focused on creating good memories and and things that our kids will say, hey, we love doing that. We want to implement these things in our family too. Yep. And so that's kind of been the focus. And there's a lot of uh, things that can detract from the joy of Christmas, and you try to block that stuff out as sure. much as possible yep. and really focus on what is the reason for the season as, you know, I heard all growing up, you know, it's it's about Jesus yep. and about that hope has come into the world. And, and that's what we focus on in our family. And then all the, the little cliche things, the, the movies to watch, the, the you know, certain traditions, and we'll kind of get into some more of that as we talk along and, yeah. and bring that up. Yep. I know uh, it's always a battle not to fall into the hustle and bustle of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I grew up liking Christmas. I don't, I think most kids probably do. Um, and it, it was weird from like 18 to close to 30, like fell into like a resentment towards Christmas. I really just, I, I would have been fine if it disappeared altogether. Mm. Uh, those are deep personal issues. And my wife has so wonderfully been patient and showed me the joy of Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'm down for the hot chocolate and the Christmas lights and all that stuff. But it was a weird experience to go through like, really disliking something that everyone else liked and then learning uh, that God can take something that's negative and and redeem it, make it positive again. But yep. um, I know one of the things just always comes to the forefront of my mind, and we're pretty much polar opposites on this, or maybe at its root would agree, but at its surface, we're pretty different. And that's just the concept of gift giving, which mm-hmm. most of the world, that's what Christmas is all about, um, decorations and gifts. And then, but I don't know, gift giving. Yeah, I I think the the concept of gift giving is wonderful. I mean, we received the greatest gift, right? That it's supposed to represent the gift that God gave, and that's how we treat it in our family. Um, but I understand the resentment towards the commercialism, the resentment towards the ticky tack, cheesy, like buying people stuff they know what they're getting. Yep. All of that I understand and I think we do agree at, at that primary level. Maybe it's we we kind of have different approaches as far as how we see it <laughs> yeah. going and, yep. and working out. Yep. Um and uh, what Daniel's talking about is just uh when I think of gift giving, 
there's the part I love and we can maybe share on for a minute, but I really gets under my skin when you see people just dumping tons of money or whatever energy effort into buying stuff for people because they feel like they have to. It, it's not from the heart. It's not this joyous thing. It's like, well, they're buying us a gift, so we have to give them a gift. It's like, that's called bondage, not joy or Christmas or anything. Yep. Um, and I can get kind of grinchy over mm -hmm. that. And that's, that's the stuff my wife's had to walk me out of. Like, hey, yeah. you know, there are good things too. Um, but just the commercialization of it is is oddly something that can actually rob me of joy. So what else, I mean, what else don't you like about it? <laughs> so let's get those all out of the way, because I think I'm going to give you two arguments that are going to kind of shut all of them down. Yep, yep. So I don't want to give those right off the bat. I want you to tell me more yep. about, you know, what else about gift giving just kind of annoys you. So I think what it is, and we all have like personal convictions as to what something's supposed to be. Now, some of us have very strong convictions, and unfortunately... Gift giving is one of those for me where I, I'd rather get someone buys me like a pair of socks because they think these socks, David's going to love these socks than, it, than a $200 gift card to somewhere. Yep. There should be like intentionality and like, oh, they know me. They took the time to think about what that gift is. And I'm not a super sentimental person, but for some reason in the gift giving category, it's like, if this is an expression that you care I appreciate it so much. Yeah. If it's like, oh, it's Christmas here, like, well, you can keep it. So I don't even know if that answers your question, but there's that like, if there's no heart, it irks me. Yeah, and that's why I've been primarily against gift cards. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of a pet peeve <laughs> against gift cards. Okay. And, and, and not saying that you can't do it, but it's, I see it as I don't know what to get you. I don't know what you'd like. Um, I was in line at the store last minute, and this took no time or thought, and I got you a gift card. Sure. And so that's not to say I don't want gift cards. Yep. <laughs> like if my family is hearing this, yes. Uh, hey, I appreciate that. But where I kind of land on the gift giving thing is, um, I've lowered my expectations. Okay. As far as deep sentimentality. And they really know everything that's about me. When it really comes down to if, if I want something, I can buy it. Yep. Okay. And so what is gift giving really about? And I've told this to my family because we've struggled with, hey, let's all draw out of a hat so we only have to give a gift to one person in the family. Sure. And we our family's growing and my nieces and nephews are growing. And so it's a struggle to give a gift to every single person. And my wife and I have held the line and said, we are going to give a gift to every member of the family. Okay, that's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. People, and it actually causes us, we have to set aside money the whole year and set aside a budget so that we can give every single person a gift. Sure. So number one, that to me is intentionality. I've thought about how I'm going to give you a gift all year. Now, why is that important to you? It's important to me because... It goes to kind of the second point is it's not about the gift for me. It's about that you took the most valuable thing, time, yep, and spent it thinking about me yep, and then made a purchase or did something. Sure. So it's about you sacrificed 15 minutes of your time with me on your mind and then made an expression. Sure. It could be socks. It could be whatever. But as we grow older, I, I have everything I need. 
there's nothing I really need. But what really gets to me, you know, you know, uh, sentimental wise, yep, is that my brother took 15 minutes out of his busy day to say, I was thinking about my brother, so I got you something. Yeah, that's awesome. And so to me, the sacrifice of time, our most valuable commodity, yep. is what is important to me. And so what I saw the the pulling things out of a hat as, I don't have the time to give to you. Interesting. And I saw it as a slap in the face when it's like, no, I go and intentionally give my time to every one of my nieces Every one of my brothers, every one of my, you know, my parents, yep. my, my in-laws, I spend the time to do those things because I was thinking about them. Sure. And I think it's a discipline. And so in this age where it's turned into a commercial thing, okay, well, in my mind, the, re- the way to battle that is to turn it back into, I'm going to give you something precious, my yep. time. No, and so awesome. that's more of what a gift represents to me is that you sacrifice some time. Yeah, communicate something. Yeah. And so that's why the gift card thing is like, you didn't really sacrifice time. <laughs> and so even the monetary value, you give me a $500 gift card, which has never happened, but you give me a $500 gift card, that's not the same as um, my little girl drawing me a picture that took her an hour downstairs and then she gives me a card. And so I've even said that to my girls, like... I what I want from you is I want you to draw me a picture. I yeah. want you to make something for me because they took the time and thought about me and then drew something out and that's that's what's so meaningful to me but for you know that the extended family I've held the line because I want them to see it as a discipline and it's also a discipline with our finances and then a discipline with I believe that giving puts your your heart in the right place. And so not only when we give to the Lord, does it put our heart in the right place, but even when I'm giving to my family, what I've noticed is that throughout the year, we have no problem spending money on ourselves and on our own family. But then God forbid you spend $50 on a brother (laughs) or a sister. And it's like, oh, we need to draw from a hat. I I couldn't spare $200 for my three brothers. And it's like, wait a minute, you dropped $200 at the drop of you know a hat. Absolutely. On yourself throughout the year, you go to In-N-Out or you go out to eat and it's 45 bucks for your family. But the idea of spending $45 at Christmas on a family member is too much for anyone to bear. No, I think that's awesome. And then you know, for anyone listening, if you're like me and kind of get like, or all grinchy about the commercialization or you feel like you have to give people gifts... Even if you're in a scenario where you have a brother-in-law like Daniel who's like, we're all giving each other gifts, uh, do a mind shift, you know, like, okay, hold on. If I'm going to do this, let me do this with my heart and not just Mm. my hardened mind. And I love what Romans 12 says, have kindly affection one for another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Mm -hmm. And it's that like, okay, whether I have to buy one or 100 gifts, like, can I do it with my heart? Yes. And it really shifts, not just the receiver, but you as the giver, like you're going to find, oh, maybe I like Christmas now. And I've learned that, but it was, it had to be a, a learned thing over multiple seasons Mm -hmm. of shifting that mind to what some of these things are. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it too comes down to discipline and, uh, the older you get, the more you realize that. Discipline is a healthy thing in your life. 
And so a lot of where that was coming from for my family of not wanting to give gifts to everyone and a lot of other families is because they can't be disciplined with finances okay, and they can't be disciplined with their time. And so the idea that I would have to mail packages and do these things is like just too much. And it's never been about the monetary value. I've even told family members and other people, it's like, what I would prefer is that you get my kids something, but then get me a card, a Hallmark card. There you go. It doesn't even, like $3. So how far out do you start shopping and all thinking about Gifts right now, okay. Right now, we're we're in the you know beginning so of like, November. Yeah, early November. You're like, hey, my um, wife is really good about that. Um, and to be honest, she does primarily a lot of the shopping. Yep, same for me. So we have to be clear there. Um, but I always say, hey, let me let me get a primary gift from each one of my kids. Let me get my brothers, and let me focus on you know my parents. Have you ever been the guy on Christmas Eve at Walmart like? <laughs> scrambling for something um i have been i, I have, I have to admit like it's happened for sure i try not to be that yep. person that's where it takes discipline like i'm gonna set aside some time to go think about these people yep and, and i think it's just as you get older for me it's been just a healthy check of like can i do this the answer is yes yep. i can do this and can i set aside time yes i can can yep. i set aside money yes i can um do i want to and it, for me, it's been a healthy thing. And it's always been, uh, for me and my personality, giving gifts is like an expression of love for me. I, I want to give people good gifts. And it's also a discipline because the Lord has given me so much. And I remember having nothing. And so when, when you have nothing and now you have a lot of stuff, you realize I want to live open-handed, yep. and I want to put my heart back in the right place, especially around Christmas, because so much of it is about what I get, uh, and the joy of Christmas for me is about what I give. Well, that's awesome. And not right. Not everyone listening has maybe um, it does cost a little bit more. There's a bigger sacrifice for some people than others, but we got to get the dollars, the monetary value, yeah. like out the window mm-hmm. again. You said like a Hallmark card mm-hmm. can communicate the same as you yes. know something rather expensive. And so, for any of you guys that are just like, oh, I got to get gifts, like man, just get it from the heart, give it with joy, and you'll you'll be a blessing to people. There's no doubt about it. Write a note. Write, write a, note. a note to somebody telling them what they mean to you yep. and what what a blessing they've been in your life. And I have I have teared up more over like a note and just been blessed by it than, you know, I can go buy myself the big gift. Who cares? Uh, it's about that and sure. about, you know, really um, being intentional with how we communicate to people in that way. So speaking of gifts, do you guys have gifts under a Christmas tree? Yes. Okay. Yes, so we do. you are pagan worshipers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're less pagan worshipers than we used to be because our tree is fake now. Oh, and so, no. You know, we, we finally, that was a hard line that I took for many years. Like, <laughs> we, we are not communists. We are, <laughs> we are going to have a real tree. This is America, darn it. And um, finally last year, it was... The price of trees went skyrocketed. There was a drought. There's all sorts of stuff in the Northwest and fires everywhere. My wife's like, can we just do an artificial tree now? It's like, okay, I finally, no, no finally broke. Back, right? I finally broke. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's what we have. So and really the reason I bring that up is uh, people have asked every year it comes up, 
you know, hey, aren't Christmas trees a, a pagan symbol or they have rooted in pagan worship? Um, and then even just celebrating Christmas, isn't that a secular holiday? Um, so I don't know, just your response to that or thoughts that come up to that. And I would say that um, the Lord looks at the heart. And so what is it to you? Are you pagan worshiping by putting your tree? And is that what is in your heart when you get a tree? Um, I think it's a quaint tradition. It's fun. We've actually had the chance to go out and cut our own Christmas tree down in the snow up in the Northwest. And there's something so cool about packing hot chocolate, driving four-wheel drive up in the snow and getting the chainsaw (laughs) out. And it's like, I'd never experienced that growing up. And I got to experience it with my kids here in the last couple of years. It's like... This is like a Hallmark card, like a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, I love this. That's cool. And um, yeah, I, I would say that anyone who's kind of thinking, okay, well, this is a pagan holiday. Do you celebrate Jesus? Yep. Is Jesus the reason for the season? Is Jesus at the primary focus in your home? Because if we really boil stuff down, we can make anything an idol in our home. We can make anything an idol in the way that we conduct ourselves. And so it's a matter of the heart. And so are there pagan symbols everywhere? Well, we could probably say there's pagan symbols in just about everything. And do we use cars? Do we use this? Do we use technology? There's pagan symbolism everywhere, and we're in a pagan world. And so to try and divorce yourself completely from the pagan world is going to be a fruitless endeavor. Yep. That's why I I really think. You know, the Bible answers almost everything. Well, I think that does answer everything, but uh, in Romans 14, when they're stumbled by the food that was given to idols, and then some people are like, well, I don't care because I don't believe in that idol. Just yep. give me the food that was in front of it. I'll eat it. And then other people were like, you can't eat that. That was involved in idol worship. And I love what Paul says. All, basically, he says, both of you guys knock it out. As long as your convictions are from the Lord, follow those convictions. That's right. And to the pure, all things are pure. And if you are free and you're just worshiping Jesus and the star on the top of the tree is like the star of Bethlehem and it yeah. have the biggest tree in the universe. Like yeah. if you have a deep conviction that you can't do that um, and it's not self-imposed or friend-imposed or tradition-imposed, then don't do it. But I love what he tells the church, like stop judging each other, like work it out before the Lord and then do whatever he tells you to do. But. Yeah, and, and it's, he reiterates that in First Corinthians where it's like, okay, let's, let's deal with meat offered to idols, yep. right? And so it just comes down to where, where's your heart positioned? And if it does stumble somebody, if you have a member of the family who's come out of the occult and they recognize symbolism or they are tripped up by it, and Paul says, look, hey, if this stumbles you, I'll never do it again. Yep. And so having the heart that I will accommodate people, if this becomes a stumbling block to somebody, I'm willing to accommodate, but I'm not going to be a sin sniffer, fault finder, the person who's just like, oh, that's evil in and of itself. He says, you know, about idols, it's like, it's a dumb idol. It's not alive. Yep. (laughs) It's only given the power that you give it. And so the tree isn't alive. That's the, right. tr- the tree isn't like casting this dark spirit across your living room. No, the, the tree is a tree. That's right. But if you give it power in your mind, then you're giving it something. Well, and for the home of the believer, think about what it is in the life of a kid. If they know the whole season's about Jesus, and then when this Jesus season comes, 
all this stuff just adds excitement yes. to the fact that Jesus came. It makes them excited that Jesus came. Uh-huh. So like, dude, I want five trees and <laughs> exactly. like, whatever makes it more exciting so that they realize Jesus is that worth it. It's know? worth celebrating yep. awesome. because of Jesus. Um, I know we kind of talked about the hustle and bustle of everything and uh, the calendar can get packed out where you're just exhausted from the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, I, it was interesting, gosh, not that long ago, the, the big Van Gogh exhibit came to Los Angeles and my wife and I went with my in-laws and they were like, this is going to be great. My mother-in-law's a phenomenal artist, just blows my mind. Um, it was actually, we had a really nice time. Uh, I'll probably remember going out with them. That was, it was a sweet night. But the the exhibit was very different than I anticipated. They, it was very modernized. They took his pictures and projected them on these walls, so you were like immersed in it. Whoa! And there was trippy music going on, and it was kind of weird. But the thing that like I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that because it was a presentation. The pictures would just kind of change and morph into the next one, and within thirty minutes, it would just loop itself. In a museum, you can sit and like look at a picture for as long as you want and soak it in. And this was like, it's going to go by at a pace that you don't get to determine. Mm. And I, for me, sometimes feel like Christmas goes by at a pace I don't get to determine. It's just like, oh, someone Here else is. is causing this like just tumbling down a mountain like a snowball. And I find myself sometimes wanting to like, just can we just pause and like look out the window and sip our, you know, coffee and maybe wave to the neighbor or something. Um, so I don't know if you guys experienced that tug of war of rolling down the mountain like a snowball. Yeah. I, the season is busy for everybody. Yep. Um, you know, obviously you, there's, there's people who are busier than others, but trying to be as intentional as possible, cutting things out, making there's, there's things that are non-negotiables for me. And, um, if I'm starting to feel anxious, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. That's not how I want to feel. Yep. And, um, I'm at a stage in life where I want to engineer out things like that. And you go, you know what, if I can engineer out, if I can spend five more dollars and not worry about it, sure. then I'm going to do that <laughs> okay. because I just don't have the capacity anymore to, to deal with all these things. And so th- that would apply itself to, you know, we've got 10 places that we're supposed to be, where do we really have to be? And then where do we want to be? Yep. That's a great, okay. I love that. Say that again. So if there's 10 places that we could be, where are the the places we have to be? Yep. And then where are the places we want to be? There you go. And then let's start prioritizing and then maybe cut out some of the other stuff and say, this isn't worth running our family ragged to where we're not enjoying the holidays. We're not enjoying each other. We're not enjoying family. Let's be selective and let's be wise about where we invest our time. I think it's important to realize, like, it's okay to miss some things. It is. Uh, It it is. We feel like, oh, we live for everyone else's expectations, right? Oh, well, they're expecting me to be there and they're expecting me to be there and they're expecting me to be there. And I think that's part of why I went through a long season of not liking Christmas so much is there were these, and it's my fault. I let it. I let what I thought people's expectations were become the rule in my life. And I don't even know if they were really expecting it um, <laughs> or, or if they were actually going to be you upset if we didn't up. go. But 
there was a point where it was like, gosh, there's so many places we have to go, so many places we have to visit, so many people we got to check in with. I hate this. Therefore, I hate Christmas. And it's like, well, that's a sad reality. And getting pulled back to like, well, maybe you don't have to go to everything. And maybe getting to go to some of those things are a blessing because not everyone does get to go to some of those things. Um, but yeah, I love that. What do you have to go to? And then what do you want to go to? And then be okay saying no and just not making it. Um, that's awesome. That's that's cool. Uh, you've been married how many years? Uh, this I, next, I should know. I've asked this next this year so will be times. 14 years. 14 years almost. Okay, cool. So at one point, you were newlyweds. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know what the gap was from getting married to having your first kid. It was a couple of years. Okay. Um, I know for us it was like two and a half years, I think. It's about what it was years. for us. Uh, but whether it was being newlyweds or new parents, uh, what was that kind of like figuring out the, the holiday season and Christmas, but now you have your own family, then you have your parents and your in-laws and was that easy for you guys? Was it tumultuous? I would say the first couple of years were a little difficult trying to find our footing. We had different traditions, different families and for those of you listening, when you get married, it's it's a blending of the two. And there's there's things that my wife really wanted to hold on to that I had never experienced. Like, what is this? This is not how we do Christmas. Okay. And it was the same for her. I had things like that we did. She's like, we never did that. We no, was that things you wanted to bring into your own home? Or yeah. was that okay? Yeah. And so f- for example, my family, because my dad was in ministry. It was so busy. There was usually a Christmas Eve service or something. And so we, when he came home, we wanted to read the Christmas story and open our gifts. And my dad just wanted that joy. And so yeah. we opened our gifts. And then, you know, Santa, quote unquote, came. Yep. And there was a big present on, on Christmas morning. And um, my wife, they opened up all their gifts Christmas morning. Okay. And so now there's this conflict. When do we open the gifts? It's crazy the things that can become contentious. And you go, no, we always did it this way. Well, we did it this way. Gotcha. And so the compromise now, the, the way that we operate is we open up the, and especially in the early, because you didn't want to blend your whole family at once. My family would come over on Christmas Eve in the early years and we would do every gift that's from grandma and grandpa on that side, we open Christmas Eve. Okay. And maybe one gift, and it was usually pajamas. Okay. And then on Christmas morning, the other grandparents came, my wife's side, boom, we did real Christmas that day, and it was a compromise. Now we have a hybrid of that, um, but there's really good things that have come out of that. Yep. And learning not to be too rigid on what you bring in, but realizing that you're creating new traditions by blending some of those yep. things for your kids. Oh, right and, on. And they're going to blend things in their family too. Yep. Um, I think we had a just such a unique experience creating our own holiday. And it took us, you know, Christmas only comes once a year, so it might take a few years to like yeah. figure it out. And that's okay uh, if you guys are newlyweds or you're about to be. Like, enjoy the figuring it out. Yep. I wish someone said like, hey, even when it's hard, like, you guys are getting to create something. Yes, this together. is cool. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a pro tip, though. All right. Pro let's tip. Hear it. So we we <laughs> we figured this out after two Christmases, maybe even on the second Christmas. But the first Christmas, my wife, we're newlyweds. This is our first Christmas. We're hosting. We've, by the way, we've hosted every Christmas pretty much. Oh, every my Christmas goodness. and every Thanksgiving, it's our house okay. for the whole extended family. And so we are those people. We love hosting. 
And uh, so pro tip, first year, wife is cooking ham, doing all this. My family comes over Christmas Eve, so we have to do a big thing. Her family comes over Christmas Eve, another big thing. And my wife spent so much time cooking and cleaning. She couldn't enjoy anything. Right. So I said, that's enough. You're miserable. This isn't working for our family. This is not how we're going to do things. Next year, pro tip, here it is. Listen, I went to the meat market, carne asada. (laughs) Carne asada, my friend. And we grabbed just pounds of carne asada, enchiladas, tamales, everything. And we ate carne asada on Chinette, the nice paper plates. The nice paper plates, but paper plates. And everyone ate and was filled. They everyone loves tacos and carne asada. And they're like, dude, we had a blast. And at the end of it, we threw everything away. We got to just sit around the table and spend time talking together and laughing. And everyone enjoyed themselves. And I thought, why would we ever go back to doing the ham? Like we're doing this every single year, and we're just throwing everything in the trash. And my wife isn't stuck in the kitchen with my mom, like cleaning dishes. We just were able to enjoy each other's company All right. and spend time together. And we've done that every year since. Well, there you go. You guys give it a shot. Uh, if you end up hosting, give give the old carne asada tacos a whirl for Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I think one thing I'd encourage you guys to do when you create your own traditions, there's the blending of the two. And then for us, what really brought significant um, tradition, joy, peace, (laughs) Uh, was there were some things we found almost by necessity. We weren't even trying. We were forced into doing something that wasn't even the blending of the two. It was completely outside of the box. Um, For us, right, working at church, the first time Christmas fell on a Sunday, uh, our kids were young and, and they knew Christmas was coming, but I was like, there's no way they're going to sit there and stare at presents all day. They're going to want to open the presents, and there's no way I'm missing that. So what do we do? I was like, well, they're not old enough to know what day Christmas actually is. <laughs> so on Christmas Eve, my wife made the Christmas breakfast. We let them open their presents. We did all of this stuff uh, as if it were Christmas. And something magical happened for, for us and for me, actually. This was a big change in my heart. The next day of Christmas, even though it was church, we were free to run around and see every family member we needed to. Mm-hmm. And I was fine because I got Christmas with my kids. That's right. So, and you don't have to do it that way. I'm not telling anyone you even should do it that way. But it was something that was so out of the ordinary, uh, but was a tremendous blessing. We've been doing that, I think, nine years. Yeah. Uh, next, 2023 is Christmas lands on a Sunday. Um, so we'll do it all over again, but we've yeah. been doing it ever since. We never stopped. Now we have two Christmas days. That's wonderful. But um, I think, you know, we talked about the hustle and bustle of the season and the calendar and the schedule. And just want to make sure we take a minute before we end here to address the fact that not everyone's calendar is packed out. Um, there's people who for a variety of reasons, don't have the sweet family memories to draw from. In fact, it might be a little bit tragic to look back on Christmas. Uh, they're not invited. You know, all the friends are so busy, but they're actually never invited to be part of that busy. Um, and so that just weird hollow loneliness can set in for so many people. Um, so I don't know if you just want to speak on that for a moment. You know, what, yeah. is, what does someone do when they find themselves 
just real. I think you have to overcome your inhibitions and get involved somewhere. And uh, I was thinking about this when you kind of just brought the topic up. And my advice would be serve. Serve somewhere. If you don't have a place to be or you don't have a family, go and serve next to people who are also serving. Yep. And I gave this advice even to a person, I think last night, He's like, I, I can't make friends very easily. I am, I'm struggling making friends in deep relationships. And I said, you know, the deepest relationships that I have really, in all honesty, are people I've served next to. That's, yeah. And they're people that I want to be around. The other stuff in common kind of doesn't really matter. And so I think this applies too in Christmas. Like, hey, if you don't have a place to be, there's so much joy in serving others. And then you're going to find a closeness with the Lord and a closeness with people that you didn't have before. But what tends to happen is if you're lonely, you you isolate. Yeah. It's, yep. And that's just going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you are going to isolate and you're going to be isolated and lonely. Yep. So the remedy to that is get out and serve people and serve and people, it, it, it's good for you it's good for them. And then you might even find some other people who are serving next to you <laughs> that you enjoy. They probably don't have a family either, or they may even bring you in and, ado- and adopt you as a family member. Yep. And we've done that too. A, a lot of our Thanksgiving, I know this is Christmas, but Thanksgiving for us, we always have people who are not family at our home every year. And Lydia, my wife, grew up that way. They always had people, always, at their home, who weren't family or friends, really. They may just not have a place to go. Yep, that's awesome. And so we've always opened our home to people like that. You don't have a family in town, especially where we live now. Hey, you don't have any relatives close by? Come to our house. Well, and even think, I mean, that same concept is awesome. And if you are the one that's alone and you meet someone else that's alone, you be that home. Yeah, Like <laughs> invite them. <laughs> draw them in. And that's right. it's exactly what you're saying. It's As soon as you look beyond the threshold of your front door, like there's a world in need. And it's true. Every one of us have our own set of needs. But if you're stuck looking at your needs, like you'll just be looking at them for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's when you get connected outside, you do what Jesus did, man. Get out on the highways and the byways, get out with the people, and you will live a a very full life. But even be open to becoming that host family. Oh, I don't have a big family. I don't even know how to cook a turkey. Carne asada, baby. There you go. Go to the meat market. That's it. Awesome. Um, We're going to wrap this up here and land the plane. But you guys, whatever you're doing, uh, as the holidays are scooting along and we're getting close to Christmas here, don't fall into the trap. Don't let anything rob you of your joy. Just realize it's all about Jesus. It's about the people around you. Uh, Don't do something because you have to. Do it with your heart because you get to. Uh, But with that, uh, Merry Almost Christmas. Happy almost new year, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya.